community content from Concentrate. You're up and Adam with Adam Montiel. Back at it. Here we go. What's up? My name is Adam Montiel. Thank you so much for being up and Adam today. Gosh, there's a lot going on. We got two great conversations. One, John Lindsay, going to give us the lowdown on this weather that we're experiencing. If you think about it, we said this yesterday on the show. This was about the time last year where all this started and then just seemed to like not end for three months or something, right? So could that happen again? John Lindsay, meteorologist, will let us know. Also, another teacher, perhaps a creepy teacher at San Luis Obispo High School. We'll give you the lowdown, what we know on that. Cannabis users are going to be really thrilled with a new law that is about to take effect. Also, you thought San Luis Obispo had the happiest people? That's what they told us years ago. No, it is the people of Finland. And the reason why? The sauna. That's the way they say it. We're going to talk to a Finnish person. They're not Finn-ish. No, they are They are Finnish. And he's a great winemaker here in the area who happens to be a Finn. We'll talk to them all about the life-changing culture that can happen to you if you take on a sauna habit. That's coming up. Before we get into the headlines, want to thank our new sponsor, We Help You Legal. they got something special for you. They're a family that has been serving the Central Coast since the year 2000. Christina Knoll, Chris Rush, a dynamic mother-son duo. They are behind WeHelpYouLegal.com. Two locations, a main office in Paso, also one in San Luis Obispo. They're your go team for emergency same day or next day legal documents. A lot of people think you need an attorney for trusts, wills, power of attorney, divorces, deeds, notary services. They can help people outside of California. And if you're in the Golden State, they got you with LLCs, corporations. How do they save you so much money? Well, they're not attorneys. There is no legal advice here. It's just efficient, reliable service. When life gets complicated, turn to the experts who've been helping families on the Central Coast for 23 years. Visit them in Paso, make an appointment in Slow, wehelpyoulegal.com. Your trusted partners in simplifying life's legal matters. All right, achievement unlocked. Let's do some lo-fi headlines. Up in Adams, lo-fi headlines. A San Luis Obispo High School math teacher recently placed on administrative leave amid allegations he sent inappropriate text messages to a student. First of all, can I just say this, completely editorializing this story, why do all the guys that get, you know, no, look, nothing is proven yet. It's still investigating. But what, why do all the guys, because I got a picture of them out there, all the men teachers that are into this kind of stuff, they just have it written all over their face, kind of. Like they just got a kind of a sorry, just a little bit of a look to them. But then all the, the female teachers that do this are just like hot teachers. They're just beautiful women. I don't, it's weird. There, there's no look. On, you see like the Mary Kay Letourneau's from back in the day, and you've seen a thousand of these stories where it's a male teacher, kind of looks a little bit, and then there's a female teacher and you're like, oh damn, like wow, that this kid was, and it's, it's still bad. It's still, you know, it's still bad. But I will say this, I learned to write an expository essay in summer school because Miss Christensen was just beautiful. And I would freeze and shake every time she came near me and she was so sweet and she smelled so good and she was just the nicest lady and I paid more attention to that summer school class because of Mrs. Christensen than I ever did in any other class in my life. 
And you do kind of wonder, you know, you're in 10th grade. You kind of wonder, like, is she, uh, is she feeling me? Hey, Danny, did she just look at me like that? What do you, what do you think? <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course not. Look at a picture of me in the high school. Like, of course not. So funny. All right, anyways, back to the story. Several students informed school staff that Ethan McSwain had allegedly engaged in inappropriate conversations and behavior. San Luis Coastal Unified School District Director of HR Dan Block did not respond to questions by the time this article was written. However, the district's board of trustees is scheduled to talk about this exact issue tonight. It is on the board of trustees agenda. On December 15th, Slow High School Principal Roland Dickinson sent a message out to McSwain's students, their parents. If you remember last month, an 18-year-old woman who recently graduated from Slow High filed a lawsuit against the district and former teacher contending that Jeff Brandau sexually harassed her and that school administrators failed to take action. Innocent until proven guilty, of course, but certainly these stories do not look good. We will see what goes down. Speaking of San Luis Obispo High School, remember that fire we had behind San Luis Obispo High School started by a couple idiots, um, the Lizzie fire, they called it. Well, slow city officials are keeping a very close eye on that fire's burn scar as rains move in this week. Emergency manager with the city, James Blattler, says they're working to remove trees, dead vegetation in and near drainage areas. The work is expected to continue the next several weeks. Folks are thinking there could be some areas potentially at risk. The nearby Bowdoin Ranch Trail closed during the debris removal. Once the rain stops, the city ranger service will reevaluate if the closure is still necessary. Blattler says all residents should be prepared to evacuate and remember the six P's when getting ready to evacuate. People and pets, papers, including phone numbers and important documents, prescriptions, your vitamins, your eyeglasses, pictures, and other irreplaceable memorabilia, personal computer, including your storage drives and plastic, credit cards and cash. While the likelihood of damaging flood flow is generally considered to be pretty low, there are some steps residents should take if they live below the burn scar of the Lizzie fire, especially those that live near or adjacent to a creek or drainage. Check out readyslow.org for more. Ooh, hey, now you know, inhale, exhale with my flow. Break away, come again like this. The LB to the C, two times don't miss. Cause if you do, you break, you get broke. Me and Mr. G, and the no smoke. All right, laws protecting California workers who use marijuana. They take effect soon. The new protections are thanks to an amendment to California's Fair Employment and Housing Act that was approved by Daddy Newsom back in 22. Starting January 1, employers in California, they will not be able to discriminate against hiring an employee or even fire an employee based on their marijuana use outside of work. The bill, Assembly Bill 2188, the first in the state to provide some type of immunity for employees who use cannabis, either recreationally or medically, both of which are legal in the state of California and have been for quite some time. Under the law, employers can't ask potential employees if they use marijuana, nor can they use drug screening results against hiring them if they show evidence of marijuana use. It will also be illegal to penalize or even fire an employee if that employee is found using marijuana off the clock and away from the workplace. Employers can still restrict marijuana use on the job, however, and those who work are applying. I can't believe like, that has to be part of it. Like I would hope so. Employers can still restrict marijuana use on the job. However, those who work or are applying to work a federal job in the state and require clearance from the U.S. Department of Defense can still be disciplined or denied employment for using marijuana outside of work since it is still 
illegal at the federal level. wonder how long that's going to last. The Golden State joins states like Washington, Nevada, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Montana, and Rhode Island in its workplace protections for recreational marijuana use outside the job. Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, and over 20 states prohibit employers from discriminating against employees who use marijuana for medical purposes under various laws in those states. California was the first state to legalize medicinal cannabis use when voters passed the Compassionate Use Act of 1996. The state legalized recreational use 20 years later. All right, because I'm super cultured, I was reading this Eurovision article, which was really interesting. The title, the headline, The Sauna Secret. Why Finland is the happiest country in the world. Steamy, spiritual, and stress-busting. There are more than 3 million saunas in Finland. Not only are they skin-tingling, they help people explore what it is to be human. It's an article by a gal named Miranda Bryant, a really well-written piece and really dives into the culture of the sauna in Finland. And it got me thinking of one of my favorite winemakers. He's a Finn, Finnish gentleman, Kevin Usula. He is the owner of the winemaker for Kukula Wines. They're on Chimney Rock Road, uh, deep in Paso, out by Justin. Fantastic, organic, dry farmed. Best part, dude's a Finn. He's got a sauna up there right outside his backyard by his pool because again, and this is where we first learned this. We're doing a Cork Dorks episode, literally interviewed this dude inside his sauna. Sauna. So just like the cold shower, it's a cultural thing. You see it sweeping. Saunas are big. They're certainly big there. They're becoming more big here. The question is why. We're going to break it down from someone who knows exactly why. We'll get out of our lo-fi headlines, get right into our chat with Kevin Usula. Can't wait. Take a second. We'll thank our friends at the General Store, Paso Robles, offering local goods, hand-picked gifts, a curated cookbook selection, and all the best for your pantry and home. They put together beautiful, I mean like they went over the freaking top for our breaking and entering family. Every year they go big. This year I was just like, what on earth? I cannot wait to put these baskets that the ladies from the general store made in this home. It's just so sweet what they do. Thank you so much. I did some Christmas shopping there yesterday. Saw, gosh, a Jeremy Weintraub, winemaker for Adelaida and Sight. Also saw Jenny from Slow Meltdown. That place is hot. It is the place to be. It is bustling. People are smiling. They are hugging. They're like, oh, what's up? What's going on? You know, they're buying stuff. There's a line. It is just so much holiday fun that the lights they got going on downtown Paso. It is just a vibe up there. And the ladies at the general store got it going on. Yes, I did get a leather. What did you talk about last week? The leather fly swatter. I did get one for Lady I Fancy's mom because she called me after she heard Jolie say that and thought that sounded kind of cute. I thought, oh, wow, your mom wants a leather. So whatever, you know, no judgment. We're going to send it off to Maine. So we're excited. Check it out. Get some shopping done there. They've been helping connect people with dozens of local makers for 10 years. Downtown Paso, across the street from the park, 12th Street, open daily 11 to 6, 10 to 6 on weekends and on Insta at General Store Paso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up in Adams, lo-fi headlines. Okay, the link to this article is in the show notes that you're listening to right here. So you can just click the show notes and then go read this article, Eurovisions. How cultured will you be with that in your browser history? Eurovisions. It's all about the Finns and how they love to take their saunas. On the line now, Kevin Usula. He is the owner, the winemaker for Kukula, a fantastic winemaker, organic, dry farmed. They do their thing. Their wines are beautiful. And... 
He's a Finnish gentleman, and he knows all about the sauna. Thanks for being up and at him. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm always up and at him. <laughs> it's good to <laughs> chat with you, man. Now, I, I tried to reach you yesterday. I'm sorry, last week sometime, and I got a text like a day later, like you're in a pan, like a remote Panamanian village. I was like, whoa. Yeah, call me when you're back, dude. That's so cool. What was? What's the story behind that? Yeah, well, um, my uh, uh, boys and I, I have three kids. Our daughter's the oldest, and our boys are really big into fishing, and our older son in particular. His name, by the way, is also Adam. I'm not sure I ever told you that. Oh, cool. Uh, anyway, Adam is fanatical like I am about fishing, and so he's graduating with a Ph.D. in computational biology from UCSD here shortly, and so we surprised him with a pretty cool uh, fishing expedition to um, this uh, lodge um, about 150, 150 miles south of Panama City. It was a, it was a blast. What did you catch there? Uh, mostly Dorado, big Dorado. You know, kind of in California, Mexican waters. Although you can catch big ones in Mexican waters, you don't usually catch much more over 15 pounders. But uh, our group was catching as big as 55 pound Dorado uh, wow. this week. So that was cool. Um, but uh, also just endless amounts of uh, sailfish, uh, blue and black marlin. We're not particularly into that, but you know what's cool about this lodge is they're all catch and release, with the exception of Dorado, because a Dorado will kind of its lifespan is about three years, and they're just such prolific fish. They grow like about a pound or two a month, so it's crazy how fast they are, and they're wonderful to eat. But otherwise, everything else is catch and release. So we thought, you know, what the hell, go do some uh, marlin and sail fishing, and that was a blast. Oh, that's so cool. So those are times you'll remember with you know with. Adam forever. So Adam just got oh. <clears throat> Adam just got a PhD in computational biology. Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, he didn't get it yet, but he's on the verge. He's five and a half years in, which is kind of typical for the sciences. Uh, by the way, a quick a segue: our older, uh, our oldest, our daughter, has a PhD in molecular biology, and she's a, uh, a postdoctoral researcher at Stanford these days. So, yeah. So uh, he didn't want to have his sister outdo him, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here we are. Dad's back home farming, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you caught me moving uh, huge boulders in a new block, a couple new blocks of vines that we planted this year and and uh, finishing up all of um, um, harvesting uh, this morning. Uh, one of my guys just texted me a few minutes ago. He's on the verge of finishing it. So we started that yesterday and just about done with that. So I'm trying to get wait. everything done in before rain. I can't, I know, right? I can't wait to ask you about the harvest and about stuff with Kukula and the winery because I'm a big fan of your wines after I talk to you about this article. You are Finnish. Now, do you say Finn or Finnish? I feel like if I say Finnish, he's like, he's Finnish. How do you say it? Well, yeah, no, Finnish is correct, but, you know, I am a Finn is correct as well. So either way works. All right. This article is all about saunas. I gave an intro on it. First of all, when was your last sauna? Uh, well, I have to admit, it's probably been about a month, but, uh, you know, it, it's all kind of a function of cycles of, you know, what you're doing in life. And um, uh, what I didn't tell you, I actually was in Finland for uh, a week and a half, about four or five weeks ago. And then we were up in Northern California to celebrate one of our, one of uh, my brother-in-law's uh, 70th birthday. And we rented a house up there. And then I was in Panama for seven days. So I've been on the road for about the last month here. So I haven't had a sauna in the last month, but uh uh, you know, it's it's it, it, it at Kukula at our residence here on the property. We do have a wood burning sauna, which is a traditional sauna, and uh, you know, to be totally candid, we're probably not lighting up a sauna more than maybe once or twice a month, which is just a function of how crazy busy we are. Uh, but we have our home in Canada on a lake in the middle of nowhere in the northern Ontario area wow. of Canada. 
from, and that, of course, is on water and has a wood-burning sauna there. We're typically there for about six weeks every summer, and the sauna is lit every single day. Now, I learned from you that your people love their sauna. Uh, you have yep. one, like you mentioned, on the property. When we did a Cork Dork show, I asked you if we could interview you in the sauna. Uh, what, is yeah. it about, what is it about the sauna that you know in, is instilled in the Finnish everyday life culture? Yeah, well, first of all, I think traditionally the sauna was a means of bathing. Um, and actually, you know, it goes way back. Uh, women gave birth in sauna. I so read that. Yeah. It was a functional um, uh, room in people's houses. A lot of times, like in our home here uh, in California, and for that matter, in Canada, they're, they're uh, remote buildings. They're not part of the house. But, you know, modern day, they are part of the house. Um, but they are just a, a means for bathing, especially in cold climate. Uh, you know, you, you heat up the room with a, a stove and uh, rocks. Uh, you, you light the fire underneath the rocks and uh, the rocks get hot and you throw what you call a lulu on. It's basically water that steams and it creates this really invigorating uh, not only temperature, but sensation when that steam hits your body. But, uh, you know, it's it's just something that we've done. I've done ever since I was a little kid. My my kids have done that ever since they were little kids. And, you know, when uh, our kids were babies, uh, the way you acclimated a kid to a sauna was you basically put them in a little kind of a plastic tub, if you will, you know, mm -hmm. like a how to describe it right just like just kind of a, a rubber made kind of a tub with water and they would sit on the floor where it's the coolest part of the sauna and you just kind of acclimate but in the Finnish culture it's very typical that you grow up with a with a sauna and it's become over the you know centuries it's kind of a social thing too it's uh, it's kind of a place where families and friends gather you know a lot of times once a week typically when I grew up it was very typical Friday nights we'd go to friends houses that had saunas and uh, the man and the boys would take a sauna together, and the women and the kids uh, would take saunas together. And so it was not only a method for bathing, but it was also just a, a great way to socialize. And, you know, you get kind of get into the whole therapeutic component of it, too, which is, you know, it just feels good. I, you know, I'm a, I, I, I was going to say I'm a runner. I haven't run in years. I've kind of outrun. My bones can't deal with it anymore. But, um, you know, when you run, if you're a serious runner, you get this kind of endorphin kick. And I think you get much the same from a sauna when you go from, and it's not just the sauna, it's the sauna in conjunction with something cold, whether it be rolling in snow or cold water that you jump into and it's the extreme temperature hot to cold hot to cold back and forth that i think is just it it feels super invigorating and when you're done with it uh you feel like this kind of a massive endorphin kick and when you go to bed at night you sleep like a baby because it's just it's such a great therapy for the body who knew that you'd be a winemaker you love in that diurnal temperature shift even with the <laughs> the water there you go. and the saunas right and it's so interesting i was reading in the article just how public it is people are having drinks in there they're uh, it's it's a place where you know maybe a lot of men don't share their feelings, but like men will go in there and just talk about their lives and their relationships, and and you know have fellowship with other men in there. Uh, like you said, people having babies. Um, it, I was reading it's not uncommon for maybe an older sauna goer to ask you, "Hey, can you scrub my back?" I mean, th it's a very very it's very much entrenched and written in the culture there. It's really cool. Well, you know what's interesting is the Finns. Finnish people um, are anything but prudish, but they're very stoic. And so, yeah, you kind of allude to man in particular aren't good at showing or talking about their emotions. And I think that's that is certainly true with the older generation, certainly by dads and older generations and, you know, even to some extent to my generation. But it's it, it is different 
Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a place for hanging out, having fun. Uh, and you know, I didn't say it, but you did. Uh, there's lots of alcohol typically drunk in saunas. You know, not not really kind of in the way you wouldn't drink wine in a sauna. Really, it's not really conducive to that because of the temperature. Cold beer. Uh, you would drink cold beer. Yeah, and not even really that you drink the cold beer in the sauna, but you'd have it outside, especially if you have a if temperatures are cold. You have the sound the the beers outside, or you have them in a cooler in the summer night. Yeah. Uh, and, have a beer after you're through with your 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it might be of heat when you're ready to get cooled down and you either go and sit out in the cold temperatures or you jump in water, roll in snow and you drink a beer and then you hang out for, you know, sometimes you'll hang out for 20, 30 minutes outside. It's interesting that you'd think that you'd be freezing because it could be cold temperatures out there, but it really, your body kind of acclimates to it and it feels actually quite uh quite pleasant to be in cold temperatures. So you can sit out there for half an hour and have a beer and then you start it over again. You go back to the sauna, you get hot and sweaty, you come out, you have a beer. And, um, you know, I haven't done it so much because, you know, I'm in my sixties now. And as you get older, you realize you can't do that kind of uh, amount of, uh, uh, consumption of, of alcohol and sauna. Um, yeah, especially because you do know, for us, we typically will have a sauna post dinner, which implies post dinner with wine. So if you have dinner and wine and then you go in the sauna, have copious amounts of beer, you're going to be pretty trash and regret right. it. <laughs> Uh, so, when I was a young man, he used to do that all the time, especially at our place in Canada. Uh, it was a ritual where, you know, the cousins would all get together and the dads and uncles would all get together and just, you know, all, all just kind of slam into the sauna. And just, we'd be there till two or three o'clock in the morning, quite man. typically. In the lake at two or three o'clock in the morning. It was wonderful. Now, I've learned, um, and you mentioned the word, I think you said lolu. It's almost like this unique lolu. Am I saying that right first? Yeah, it's actually lo-le. Lo-le. And it's kind of the word for like that je ne sais quoi, that hug you get from the sauna that you just kind of feel, right? Yeah, well, the lolu itself is the action of throwing water on the stove. But yeah, that's that's exactly right. It's uh, the sensation that comes with it is is you know, <laughs> you know, if you kind of put it to a kind of a food kind of a, a of an analogy, it's kind of like the wasabi blast when you're having sushi, but right. on the outside. <laughs> Out of your mouth. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, my God. Kevin Usula, he is from Kukula. He is Finnish. And it was great to read this article and reflect on you and my interview up at your beautiful property. How is, first of all, coming out of some rain, we had a lot of rain at the beginning of the year. I feel like it kind of started this time last year. Uh, how did yeah. your, you're a dry farmer. You're an organic farmer. Yeah. Uh, your wines are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, tell me how 23 treated you and what is the latest with Kukula? Uh, well, 23, first of all, you know, it's maybe a little early to say, but, you know, I had the same kind of feeling with 21, actually even 22, which was problematic, uh, I, I think is quite exceptional. But in particular, 21 was, uh, I would have said, one of the best, if not the best vintage I've ever experienced. 23 may well be the equivalent of, if not better than 21. It was spectacular. It was late spring, a ton of rain. We had almost 50 inches of rain up here uh, in the Adelaide district uh, on our property. Um, and uh, spring started... Um, kind of late and it was cool. We never really had a hot summer. You know, I, I was gone a good, I don't know, seven, eight weeks of the late spring into summer, uh, just before harvest. I worked the uh, fair. I worked the fair every day. So literally for those 12 days, that was the only heat this summer and it was hot, but that was all we got. 
Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. If downtown Paso has, you know, 12 days, you know, 10, 12 days of uh, north of 100 degree temperatures, certainly Adelaida temperatures are even uh, far less um, uh, heated than you would have in downtown. So we really didn't have a whole lot of heat. And so you know, it was interesting as we came into harvest. I got back from my home in Canada the 9th, I think, of August. And normally I would expect to be getting ready within a week or two of harvesting. And we were not even really through verasion until the end of August, which is really crazy. And our first harvest date, I forget now, but I want to say it was the 15th of September. But what was interesting is we had this sort of, I heard somebody use the term Indian summer here a few days ago. and It did kind of get like that. It never got really hot, but we had these kind of fairly steady warm days for really much of September into October and no real surprises. So things came off really sequentially. Uh, and even though Berasian was late, things started ripening and came in a very sequ- sequential way. Uh, quality of fruit was amazing. There was a touch of uh, maybe because of the wet, cool growing season, especially for tighter clusters like Petite Syrah, as an example, um, more Ved to some extent, a little bit of Black Rock, but it was easy because we're super selective, not only when we pick, but when we uh, de-stem, uh, that we were able to eliminate that risk. But the fruit just came in amazing. Yields were probably, if I had to guess, we were 10% higher than expectations, uh, uh, a really big surprise. Uh, so anyway, qualitatively, uh, acids, amazing color extractions this year, extractions were unbelievable. So, um, anyway, it's, it's, it's been a, a really good uh, year for us in terms of harvest. How are the olives doing? Uh, olives are, I don't know, I'll find out. We're pressing them, uh, literally momentarily when we deliver the last bins here in the next hour. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get a sense of it, but it was because of the cold growing season, late growing season, uh, we had this dichotomy of trees with lower uh, loads uh, were extremely ripe and trees with heavy loads were a little underripe. So we had this kind of dichotomy of fruit that we couldn't decide how do we pick this stuff. So anyway, uh, rains are coming. Uh, fruit is more than ripe on 60% of it and, and a little underripe on the others. But you know, a lot of times that creates really nice complexity in terms of really good fruit on the olive uh, oil, as well as this kind of nice sense of astringency, pepperiness uh, that you get with the olives. So we'll see. But you know, olives are a whole lot easier than, than, than grapes and, and making organic dry farmed the architecture and the place and just the vibe you really you know the vibe of the place is really spectacular check out kukula they're on chimney rock road in the adelaide district of uh, paso chimney rock road is like where you find justin and uh, some of those other wineries so it is a beautiful destination you got to go check it out kevin it is always fun to catch up with you i can't wait to pay you a visit soon have a glass with you soon and thank you my man for being up and at him you're welcome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Talk to you soon. Some say life Only to start again. So, so good. Thanks to Kevin Usula of Kukula. Check out those wines, too. Super good. Want to talk to John Lindsay? How much rain are we really going to get? And it's so much fun because John Lindsay is so well-respected. And a lot of times you might read a small article, get him in little pieces. But to have him on the phone for a few minutes to digest his brain power and his kindness, he is such a sweet guy. I love spending a little time with him and sharing it with you. John Lindsay, let's go. Up and at him. Thanks for being here. Well, Adam, congratulations on on your new show, and I've heard it's been. In fact, I've been reading a bit, reading about it, listening. Um, it's been very successful. So oh. con- uh, huge congratulations to you, John Lindsay is up and Adam. Stop it! This is too cool. I appreciate you listening, my man. 
Oh, it's it, and it's wonderful to be here. So there's obviously a lot going on. I'm so curious. Is your day more busy when it's weather like this, or do you kind of check the same models, report in the same way, so it doesn't really affect your your the chaos of your day at all, or or is it a little crazier when it's weather like this? It's my own fault, Adam. <laughs> so I've been. <laughs> I think I've been busier now than I ever have been. Um, we had, they asked me to help out with the weather forecasting for the managed burn we, we did on the North Diablo lands near the Point San Luis lighthouse and extremely successful. Um, but we had to make sure that, that the winds were correct and all the other parameters, all the conditions were absolutely perfect. Um, before they, they did that managed burn and Cal fire and, all the PG&E folks really did a wonderful job, and managed burns are, are so beneficial uh, for the ecosystem, um, for the trees, especially for the trees, because what happens if you leave too much fuels and they accumulate when you have a wildfire, when the conditions are terrible, let's say you got 100-degree temperatures and 40-mile-per-hour winds, most of those trees, unfortunately, will, will perish if there's a large amount of fuel in, in the understory. Well, with these types of burns, you're able to, to manage uh, the amount of fuels that are burnt and, and you leave behind, you know, basically hardly no, no understory fuels at, at all. The, the trees love it. Um, probably next year, especially with all this rain that we're receiving, we'll probably see quite a few wildflowers. So it's, it's just so beneficial. You know, they used to do managed burns all the time, you know, a few hundred years ago. And um, so it's something I think the state really needs to look into and, and really start. Absolutely. Again. Yeah, I think a lot of folks, I don't know if it's because folks who claim to be environmentalists or whatever, but they, they stop the foresting. And I mean, the indigenous people, Native Americans were doing this uh, for a long time for the for the great benefit of the forest. Like you just, you know, so beautifully explained oh, it. So true. It, it did. I mean, we did a, a managed burn on the North Diablo Canyon lands near Montana Dero State Park of some old uh, Bishop uh, Pines um, groves. And Bishop Pines, in fact, a lot of species, a lot, a lot of the species of plants absolutely require fire to, to be able to, to reproduce. And, of course, the Bishop Pine is, is the same sort of uh, organism. And, uh, my gosh, a few years after that managed burn, the the number of bishop pines that are are growing is is just remarkable. So I was working on that, and that kept me pretty busy because they needed a forecast every every day because um, it's it's a lot of people, you know, to coordinate that to make it happen. There's a lot of preparation. Wow. And uh, Friday came around, and we had the winds. Um, just basically, if the winds are too strong, you can't do it. And you really want winds that are blowing offshore um, so you don't have a big smoke plume, you know, moving over San Luis Obispo. And then we had the right temperatures, uh, you know, relatively lower humidity levels and temperatures in the 70s. Everything came together and we had perfect conditions. And uh, and there, there you go, Adam. And of course, now, if you want to do a managed burn, you couldn't because uh, all the so fuel wet. moisture now is right. with these rains. Well, who yeah. knew that so, all they had to do was to get, you know, you wanted to get busy again. All you had to do was retire, huh, John? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the president-elect of the Los Osos Rotary Clubs. There's a lot of classes that you have to take um, for that. And we did a big senior dinner last Thursday um, there at the community center, and we fed over a hundred hundred senior citizens. Oh, good for uh, you! Holiday dinner, 
which was really fun. And then I'm still on the board of directors for the Point St. Louis Lighthouse and the Central Coast Aquarium. So, yeah, I've kept pretty busy. That's for sure, Adam. <laughs> well, thank you for always taking time to chat with me, especially here uh, in the new uh, in the new digs. Now, this weather, we're listening to this on Tuesday. So starting from Tuesday, what do we expect? What are models showing you through the rest of this week? And how long is this going to last through Christmas, John? Sure. Well, I, I think the really interesting part about this particular storm system is that it's it's a low pressure system that's off our coastline and it's pulling up a lot of subtropical moisture as we speak consequently on monday uh, we broke a record for the overnight low now the previous warmest overnight low was uh, 57 degrees recorded back in 1929 and on Monday, we saw a low 59 degrees. So it, it broke the, the minimum uh, low temperature, uh, minimum warm warm temperature, yeah. daily temperature uh, record. And that's a real testament on how moist and how warm uh, all this moisture is, uh, you know, streaming northward over San Luis and Santa Barbara counties and, in fact, the whole central coast. Um, so for today on Tuesday... Uh, we'll continue to see rain. Uh, right now we're looking at between a half an inch and one inch uh, throughout the day. And then on Wednesday, another storm system, but more out of the Gulf of Alaska, will approach the central coast. And it's going to produce periods of heavy rain all day on Wednesday, along with strong the gale force. That's 25 to 38 mile per hour southerly winds on Wednesday. And total uh, rainfall amounts should range between 1.5 and 2.5 inches. Now, the storm on Wednesday will be intensified with very strong upper-level winds, the jet stream. However, snow levels will still remain above 7,000 feet, so still a fairly mild system. Now, on Thursday, we'll have scattered showers uh, throughout the Central Coast and even a pretty good chance of maybe some uh, thunderstorms on Thursday. Total rainfall amounts on Thursday should range between an inch and 1.5 inches. And then showers should finally end by Friday morning and then by Friday afternoon going into Saturday on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, we're looking at uh, much cooler temperatures as we'll have uh, strong to gale force northwesterly winds on Friday followed by uh, a strong to gale force northerly winds on Saturday and Sunday. So temperatures will definitely uh, get much cooler um, but overall, Santa Claus and his reindeer will have wonderful weather to deliver presents on Christmas Eve on Sunday. And then that uh, beautiful, clear weather will continue right through Christmas. The next chance for rain uh, will be on the 27th of December. And that looks like a much colder system. So snow levels will probably get down to probably around 5,500 feet. And this unsettled weather pattern should continue right through January um, with really no end in, in sight as the storm door for California is wide open at, at this point, Adam. Um, I should also say that total rainfall between today and um, Friday morning should range between 3.5 and 5.5 inches with even higher amounts in the Santa Lucia Mountains above Cambria. Now, let me ask you a question because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was around this time last year where this all began, but it lasted for literally months. Do you see that happening again 
for the beginning of 2024. Talk of atmospheric rivers and, you know, just exactly what we had last year, starting now. Sure. Well, well, yeah, last January was, was record-breaking, um, January of 2023. And it does look wet for January of 24, but at this time it doesn't look quite as wet. Um, with that being said, though, Adam, I mean, we're really on track to have above average rainfall for this rain season, which would be just tremendous news thinking that, well, we had well above average rainfall last year and to have another year with above average rainfall back to back. Boy, you couldn't ask for better news. I, I mean, of course, there's consequences to that. You know, I don't know how Paul slide up at Big Sur is going to hold out, or in fact, other sections of, of Highway 1 along the Big Sur coastline. Oh, right. Um, but it's sure great to have this rain and to see the reservoirs you know, filling up and some of our aquifers uh, recharging. So um, I'll take this weather any day then over extended period of drought. Yeah, then another fun super bloom in the spring, of course, right? Oh, I think so. You, you know, and that's a... Another benefit of managed burns is that so often the the spring after the uh, burn, you get a lot of wildflowers. I'm kind of looking forward to that too. John Lindsay is on the phone, a meteorologist. Thank you so much for checking in with us. You are keeping very, very busy and to have the time to bring your expertise uh, for the audience here. And for me, it just means so much. Uh, you really do. Thank you, John. Well, thank you, Adam. And once again, congratulations on all your success on, on your new show. And it's just, it's great to hear your voice and, and uh, I couldn't be happier for you. All right, there you go. There you have it. You're not going to get a more clear, concise and honest and correct take on the weather than you did just right there. No offense to my boy, Dave Hovde. Love Dave Hovde. But even he's got OG respect for John Lindsay. We got to bring him on again for sure. John Lindsay, thank you so much for being up and at him. And thank you for being up and at them and making this show the first podcast of your day. Our thanks to Full Cup Solutions for technical consideration, original music on the show. Start again by Moonshiner Collective. Find them wherever you stream your music, learn more, book the guys at moonshinercollective.com. This week is moving quick. Thank you so much for connecting here. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple, rate it five stars, leave a review. Spotify, hit five stars, ring that notification bell. Make sure you never miss an episode of Up and Adam. One thing I am excited about in the new year is working with the city of San Luis Obispo on their Eat Local bonus program, as well as Restaurant Week, which will be January 12th through the 21st. It's something we are going to hit hard. Really want you to get out there because this is a slow time for our restaurants. And I got a lot of love for my hospitality folks, especially in January. You want to go dry January and mess with my brothers and sisters in hospitality? Hell no. I keep my January as wet as possible. So the Eat Local bonus is genius. You spend a hundred bucks, even collectively, not even at one place. Save your receipts, take them, Get a $25 gift card to another eatery. The city is buying these gift cards. So the city is supporting these restaurants by buying the gift cards. Then you are supporting by getting gift cards to go back and support them again. It's really cool. Restaurant week again, January 12th through 21st. Eat local bonus all January long. If you're a restaurant and want to get involved, go to adamontiel.com. I got a link for you. I will send it to you personally. It will get you in this perfect pairing, and who knows, maybe have you on the show right here. If you're a business, I'll even put the link in the show notes. Tomorrow, hump day, we're getting through this week. Thank you so much for being 
up and at him. Start again. Let's start again.